at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, and we considered the benefits of being justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We looked at the benefits that were associated with having been forgiven by grace through faith, and we said that we have peace with God, and we emphasized that peace with God as opposed to the peace of God, peace of God being the inner tranquility of heart and mind, but peace with God, talking about the end of hostility, no longer being under the wrath of God. We said that we have this standing in grace, that not only did this relationship with God start by grace, but is maintained by grace through faith, and that we have confidence in this ongoing relationship with God because it's not based on our works. And then thirdly, because we are justified by faith and we are at peace with God, and because we know that we have this standing in grace, then we can have complete confidence in the midst of affliction and realize that those afflictions are not coming upon us as a means of God demonstrating his wrath or his unacceptance of us, but rather, in fact, are manifestations that are consistent with his love for us and accomplishing his purpose and will in our lives. Today we look at the second half of that section, verses 6 to 11. And the key words as we look at this section have to do with the aspect of much more. Look with me again as I read verses 6 to 11. And uh, I'll tell you to circle some words if you happen to mark up your Bible as we preach. If you don't mark your Bible, that's fine. But for those that you do, I'll point out some words. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, now circle much more. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, now circle much more. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. And now circle more than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The thought of today is that we can have an even greater confidence, a greater certainty than we ever had before of God's unending love and care for us. We have a great assurance of God's love and care for us for now and evermore as a result of all that he has done for us. Our first point this morning is that we have reason for great assurance of God's unending love for us now and forevermore because, and this is just a a series of comparisons in Romans 6 to 11, because if God loved us when we were sinners, how much more will he love us now that we're declared righteous? So if God loved us while we were sinners, How much more is he going to love us 
now that we are declared righteous. Note how this argument unfolds. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us. And though we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And notice that he's showing his love. It's not just past tense, it's a, a continual love. But he is showing his love for us in the while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the emphasis on this beginning section is of what is seemingly an unlovable condition. We weren't cute and cuddly when God showed his love towards us. Far from it. Our condition should have been repulsive to God. Notice our condition. Back to Romans 5, 6. God loved us when we were helpless, morally incapable of doing good because of our fallen nature. It says in verse 6, for a while we were still weak. While we were still in this weakened condition, lacking moral strength and moral resolve to serve God. While we were in that condition, too, God loved us when we were still opposed to God. Verse 6, while we were still weak at the right time of Christ, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. We were not worshiping God, nor grateful for God, who God is and what he does at the time that he died for us. God loved us while we were still disobedient. Notice verse 8. God shows his, more, his love for us in that, and the emphasis here is the word while, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, we didn't make any moral transformation. We didn't take one step towards God. We didn't do anything to initiate or promote Christ dying for us. And there was nothing in us that demonstrated a worthiness. There was nothing that would have drawn us to God, that he would look upon us with favor or delight. We're to see that, that our condition was, again, repulsive. God loved us to the point of Christ dying for us, verse 8. While we were at sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, I would emphasize the us here. It's talking about the people of God. It's talking about the elect. It's talking about we who are justified by faith. That he would die for us. The significance of God loving us while we're still sinners. In the passage, the emphasis is that most people would not be willing to intentionally die in the place of someone else. That's verse 7. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Most people aren't going to be willing to exchange their, their life for someone else's life. Most people aren't going to be willing to risk themselves. And not only here, it's not just a risk, it's an intentionality. Uh, he knows it's going to cost him his life. It isn't that he's hoping at the end that everything's going to work out. No, there's with intention. He's giving himself for us. It says that some people would be willing to die for good or innocent people, verse 7. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. So there, there are people out there that are 
kind-hearted, loving, gracious people that, that do actually die in the place of good and innocent people. They go out there and they become human shields sometimes when there are uh, snipers that are uh, on attack of a, top of a building and they're willing to stand in front. Or we have uh, people that are involved in the Secret Service who guard our president and people of nobility and they put their life on the line every day. We have policemen. We have people that are willing to die for good people, for innocent people. But the scripture says, but Christ. Notice verse 8, but. That's a huge but, conversive. But God shows his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us when there was nothing to commend ourselves to him. So the point is, if God loved us when we were in that sinful, miserable, helpless condition, how much more will he love us and help us and save us now that we are righteous through Christ? Notice verse 9. Since then, we have been justified. That's the aspect of being declared righteous. Since therefore we have, and now notice the word now. It's a comparison of what we were before and what we are now. Since therefore we have now been justified, declared righteous by his blood, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God. Much more. Now that we are justified, now that we're declared righteous, if Christ would die for us in this ungodly condition, how much more confident can we be in our relationship with God now that we're declared righteous through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? But that's not all. There's more. Notice verse 10. If while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So the second point is that we have great reason for assurance of God's unending love for us now and forevermore. Because if God loved us when we were enemies, how much more will he love us now that we're brought into a friendly relationship with God? The first emphasized our condition, the kinds of people that we were. The second point emphasizes the relationship that we have to God. Before we are under his wrath, now we are reconciled, verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we are reconciled by God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Before we were en en enemies, we were like two warring factions. We were rebellious towards God, and he was angered by our sinfulness. Which brings us back to the main subject of Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. But, but now, we are no longer enemies. We have peace with God. 
And so now Christ has borne us and brought us into a, a, a friendly relationship with God. We are reconciled towards God. No longer enemies, but now friends of God. And not only friends of God, but actually children of God. And Romans chapter 8 says, For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You don't have to be afraid any longer, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We can cry out to God as Daddy, Father. No reason to fear any longer in coming into the presence of God. But now you're his child. Now you're reconciled. Now you are his friend. And you can cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified by him. If God loved us when we were his enemies, how much more can we be well assured of his love for us now that we are his children? Third, we have reason for great assurance of God's unending love for us now and forevermore because if God loved us and saved us when we were reconciled by Christ's death, how much more will God love us now that we are being reconciled and saved by Christ's life? Notice verse 10. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Now the comparison is between Christ's death and between Christ's life. The emphasis was Christ died for us. Now the emphasis is Christ lives for us. So often, when we focus upon salvation... And we think about what has been accomplished for us, it is almost always an association with Christ's death. It's the fact that Jesus Christ died for us. And that is so true. And that is so essential. And that is so necessary that Christ died for the penalty of our sins and that we're justified through his blood that was shed. But it's not just about his death. It is also about his resurrection. It's also about what Jesus is doing for us now. And not even in the future, which is wonderful. And we sang about that glorious day in which Jesus Christ is returning. But we're not in a period of hiatus. <laughs> we're, we're not in a, uh, uh, in a holding pattern of, a, of an airplane waiting to land. Christ is at work, and Christ is at work in each of our individual lives who know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior. And we are being saved today. We are being delivered. We are overcoming the power of the evil one by the work of Jesus Christ that is continuing to carry on in our lives. If God loved us and reconciled us by Christ's death, how much more 
will be reconciled by Christ's life. Let me point out to you, and as I said in time past, that, that Romans so intricately uh, intertwines. We have these very elementary seeds that are planted in the beginning chapters of Romans that come to full flower and, and bud as time goes on. There, there are these arguments that, that unflow or, or, or unfurl in a very logical and precise order. And uh, let me bring you to the conclusion of this thought, because it's going to be months before we get here. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to start reading at verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Again, the us is the elect of God. It is God who condemn, who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. And then notice the next words. More than that. More than that. Not only did Christ die, there's more than that. And note how that goes back to Romans chapter 5. More than the fact that Christ died for us, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Christ has been raised. The sacrifice for our sin has been accepted. He sits at the very right hand of God in a place of authority. And it says that he is interceding for us now. He is praying for us. He is advocating for us. He has the ear of the Father for us. He pleads in our behalf. He refers to his blood and all that was accomplished through his death. And he is seeking our well-being. He is seeking our deliverance from sin. He is seeking our righteousness. And he is constantly interceding for you and for me. And as a result, we are being brought ever closer to God. We are increasing in our obedience to God. Romans 6, 4. <clears throat> we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too would walk in newness of life. That as Christ was raised, that we would walk in newness of life. Because of Christ's resurrected life, he has sent the Holy Spirit to enable us to live and to please God. 
John, uh, excuse me, in the book of John, Jesus said to his disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away, referring to his death. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That one of the benefits, one of the fruits of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and his entrance into the very presence of of the Father is that we have a new relationship to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in the book of John is referred to as our helper. Turn with me, if you would, earlier to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Holy, well, likewise, the Spirit helps us in, now notice these words, our weakness. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Remember Romans chapter 5? While we were weak, while we were weak, while we were incapable, while it was impossible for us to serve and please God, while it was not within us, we were morally sick, in fact dead, that we could not please God. Now, the Holy Spirit helps us in that weakness. For we do not know what we to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Now we have this intercession again of which the Holy Spirit is coming before us with, before the throne of God with groanings too deep for words. And then it goes on to speak about accomplishing the mind and will of God, the purpose of God. So now we have this Holy Spirit at work in our lives emboldening us, teaching us, strengthening us, enabling us to live for God. So the point is, if God would love us when he had his son die for us so that we could be justified, we could be declared righteous, we could be brought into a relationship with God, how much more now that Jesus has risen from the dead, how much more that now The wrath of God has been poured upon Jesus and now God welcomes Jesus into his very presence. He sits at God's right hand. He prays for us. He intercedes for us. And he sends the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to help us and to intercede for us as well. If God loved us when Christ died for us, how much more now that Christ lives for us and intercedes for us. And then the last reason, for great assurance of God's unending love for us, now and forevermore, is because if God loved us when we were reconciled to God, how much more will God love us now that we love God? Back to Romans chapter five, verse 11. More than that, More than that, it just keeps getting better and better. It just keeps getting 
better and better. It just keeps improving. More than the fact that Christ has risen from the dead. More than the fact that Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. More than the fact that he intercedes and he prays for us. Even more than the fact that he now strengthens us in our moral weakness and resolve to serve God. More than that, verse 11, we also rejoice in God through Jesus Christ. This word rejoice is the same word that we found in earlier in Romans chapter 5, that we found in verse chapters 2, and uh, it's the word boast. And I still like that translation, to boast. We have boasting. We have a confidence. We have assurance. And yes, of course, it, re- it also includes the idea of rejoicing. Because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, this resurrected Lord. As a result of God's pouring the Holy Spirit into our hearts due to Christ's resurrection and going to the Father, we now have a great love for God. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let me read that again. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Before, before we were enemies of God, before we hated God, before we wanted nothing to do with God, before we were standing in opposition to the things of God, before we were ungodly, meaning that we did not recognize his goodness. We did not understand his grace. We did not seek to honor him. We did not seek to glorify him. We did not seek to worship him. We did not seek to serve him. And we certainly did not love him. And the very first command is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And that wasn't us before we were saved. We loved other things. And we wanted to please ourselves. And we thought nothing about loving God. But because of the work of Jesus Christ, because of his death and his resurrection, and because of his sending the Holy Spirit, now the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes into our hearts and sheds into our hearts a love for God. Now, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, and because of what the Holy Spirit has done for us, we love God. He has transformed us. The Word of God teaches us that we love God because He first loved us. 
Because he loved us, he sent his son to die for us. His son lives for us. He reconciled us to himself, brought us into a place of friendship, brought us into a place of sonship, and now even brings us into a place where we actually love him. We love him. Another tour to Romans 8. Go back with me to Romans 8. I want to see these interconnections. Romans 8.28, a very familiar verse. I'm going to read it from the ESV. I hope I get it right because I got it memorized in the King James like everybody else does. But Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, qualifier, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. You know, that's us. We meet that qualifier. We know that everything's worked together for good because we love God. And the reason we love God is because the Holy Spirit has been given to us to create a love for God. So now we want to honor him, we want to please him, we want to serve him. And notice the end of verse 28. So there can be no misunderstanding. We know that for those who love God, all things were together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Those are the ones who love God. The ones who are called in keeping with God's purpose. That's us. That's the chosen. That's the people of God. We qualify for Romans 8, 28 because of the grace and goodness of God. Because he has called us. He has sent his son to die for us. He rose for us. He intercedes for us. He poured out the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And now we love him. The Holy Spirit has produced and is producing an ever-increasing love for God on our part. So here's the thought. Here's the more than that. If God loved us when we were his enemies, how much more is God going to love us now that we love him? If he loved us in that old condition, how much more can we be assured that he's going to love us in this new condition of being in love with him? It all starts with Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And these are the fruits. Last week, it was the fruits of his death. This week, it's the fruits of his resurrection. The fruits of his life. So we can have great confidence in God's continued love for us based on what we were then and what we are now. If God loved us then, how much more is he going to love us now? We can have great confidence in God's continued love for us based not only on the benefits of Christ's death, but on the benefits of Christ's life. If God loved us and had his son die for us, 
how much more now that his son is risen, seated at his own right hand, is going to love us, who is constantly interceding for us, pleading for us, helping us, sending the Holy Spirit into our lives, equipping us, enabling us, creating obedience, understanding, moral strength, fortitude, integrity, and ultimately, a newfound love. We can have great confidence in God's continued love for us based on our new love for God. And it doesn't get any better than that. A never-ending confidence because of Christ's death and resurrection and the benefits of that resurrected life being poured out in our hearts and minds. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this great confidence that we have. A confidence that we saw even last week because of this being at peace with God. Because of this standing that we have in grace, not by our works or merit, but because of grace and grace alone is this relationship maintained. Because the afflictions and hardships of life are not in contradiction to the love of God for us. So how much more confidence, oh God, can we have than to think that when Christ died for us in our sinfulness, now that Christ lives for us, in our state of righteousness through him. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for opening our hearts and minds. Thank you, Lord, for giving us strength when before we were weak. Thank you, Lord, for giving us love for you when before we were at enmity with you. Thank you, O oh God, for what good work you have begun in us with a promise that you will complete it in the day of Christ. O oh God, help us to rejoice, to boast, to be confident in our relationship with you because of Christ's death and Christ's resurrection. And we give you all the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.